Good oral health is about more than just brushing and flossing your teeth. Dental disease is 100% preventable and it starts at home with you. Yep, you heard me right. Cavities are a disease and not something our children should just get. Your mouth is a window into your body and it has an effect on your speech, breathing, chewing, heart health, so much more. And we're not listening to it. Come along with me on this journey and I'll give you a whole new perspective of the importance of taking care of your mouth and the long-term effects it has not only on your oral health, but also your overall systemic health. On this podcast, we'll bring you a mixture of professionals, experts in the field that will give you advice and action steps you can take with your kids in different situations. We're also going to have moms, dads, caregivers, just like you, having the same struggles that you are because together we can make a difference and help keep our kids healthy because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a healthy life. And it all starts with you. Welcome back to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about are you or your child at risk? Did you know up to 80% of disease symptoms are triggered by problems in the mouth? Dental disease is silent, but many problems like heart disease, dementia, autoimmune disorders, even cancer have the roots with poor oral health. Science clearly reveals that gum disease, cavities, can raise your child's risk of hypertension or a fatal heart attack or stroke. Now, you might be thinking, I'm fine. I brush and floss every day. I go to the dentist on a regular basis. But you can still have chronic infection or toxicity in your mouth that's slowly poisoning the rest of your body and not even knowing it. This is not a subject that gets discussed enough, in my opinion. We're finally making the connection. And that's why you're going to start hearing and seeing more and more about your mouth, about your overall body, about airway, breathing, and sleep. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention recently did a study regarding those who suffer from gum disease. The study confirmed that 47.2% of adults in the U.S. over the age of 30 have advanced gum disease. That's totaling 64.7 million people that have gum disease that can be characterized as mild, moderate, or severe. And in adults that are 65 or older, that rate of gum disease rises to 70%. When you include gingivitis, which is inflammation of the gums, over 80% of U.S. adults suffer from some degree of gum disease. So that's when you put in the early stages. And it is the most common disease in America. Approximately 73% of children under 6 and 11 are affected with gingivitis and cavities. Gingivitis is the prime cause of gum infection in response to dental plaque accumulating along the gum line. The inflammation affects the surrounding tissues and the teeth. When this plaque sits on the gum line and you feed it sugar, then every organism has to poop. Well, that bacteria in your mouth poops an acid and that's what causes cavities. And gingivitis is the precursor to gum disease. And it's often marked by red, swollen gums, slight bleeding when you brush your teeth. Gum disease is more aggressive in children with poor oral hygiene or if they're mouth breathing, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Dental cavities, also known as caries or decay, is the most common chronic childhood disease. And it's five times more common than asthma and seven times more common than hay fever. But common doesn't mean normal. And dental disease is preventable. Yet about one in five children aged five to 11 have at least one untreated cavity. A lot of times because they're small and you can't see them, you need dental x-rays to see cavities. Once you can see them, they're pretty big and they're probably creating more havoc than you think. And the argument amongst parents is, well, they're baby teeth. They're just going to fall out anyway. While they will lose them eventually, losing teeth early can lead to future problems. The baby teeth are meant to hold the spaces for adult teeth. So if they get cavities, teeth will shift into that spot and then you won't have enough room. Then you're going to need braces 
to open those areas. Or if you don't replace those teeth, if they're adult teeth, then you're going to have an occlusion that is not functioning properly when you get older. And that leads to a whole bunch of other issues. When children lose teeth to large cavities, it's possible that their adult teeth won't come in the correct spot. They'll be too forward. They'll be too back. And sometimes that does happen with the baby teeth on the lower front, but it shouldn't happen with the teeth on the sides. And when you have that space and the permanent tooth can't fit that space, it can lead to severe crowding, which can lead to braces, which can lead to airway issues. And then a lot of families can't afford that. So it can become fairly expensive if you let these things go. But if you look at them and you prevent them from the start, it can save you a lot of time, money, heartache, and the need for expensive procedures. Did you know children with poor oral health miss more school and have lower grades than children who don't have cavities? On an average, children miss more than 51 million school hours due to dental-related illnesses and dental problems. They also have difficulty focusing and experiencing tooth pain, which lead to lower success in the classroom and in life. Dental cavities increase the risk of health problems, and this is becoming a national crisis. Oral health is part of our overall health. Oral health education is actually lacking, and it's something that is preventable early in your child's life. There's a great opportunity to begin an oral health discussion with parents even before kids are born. And there's also evidence that the mom's oral health and oral hygiene can significantly affect their child's general health and oral health. The risk of an infant to getting cavities strongly goes hand in hand with a mother having high amounts of cavities and bacteria in their mouth, which can be transmitted to their infants. We know these things, yet it's not a topic that we talk about. Babies are actually born without any harmful bacteria in their mouth, and there's no quick fix for dental disease. It also doesn't happen overnight. So it's something that happens due to habits and how the habits form. So you can protect your oral health in the long run if you change your habits early enough. So let's talk a little bit about gingivitis. In order to cure gingivitis, we have to understand the cause in the first place. So I'm only going to talk a little bit about this and we'll go in deep in this in another podcast. But gingivitis, as long as well as many other oral health problems, are caused by an invisible film called plaque that lives in your mouth and on your teeth. This is why we brush our teeth to remove and disrupt this plaque. But bacteria love to feed on sugary particles of food left behind on your teeth and gums. And then, like I talked about earlier, they create this acid and this acid erodes the enamel and attacks your gums. When the bacteria builds up inside your mouth and along your gum line, you're likely to get inflamed or have sore gums. Sometimes you may have bleeding, sometimes you might not. Sometimes you might just think you brushed a little bit too hard and the bleeding will go away. But if we had bleeding anywhere else in our body, we would do something about it. Yet when we have bleeding in our mouth and we spit out blood, we don't think much of it. So the cure for gingivitis might seem really simple. Brush and floss your teeth morning and night to disrupt and remove that bacteria before it turns into tartar and wreaks havoc on your gums. So where's a good place to start? Brushing twice a day with a soft bristle toothbrush. I prefer an electric because it's 10 times more effective than a manual toothbrush. And again, we'll talk about this in another podcast. But we want to make sure you're brushing at least twice a day and cleaning the nooks and crannies in your mouth. And we want to make sure that that plaque doesn't build up between meals. It can build up within 12 hours, which is why we recommend brushing morning and night, especially before you go to bed. So you disrupt all that bacteria so it's not in your mouth while you're sleeping. 
So otherwise you're giving that bacteria the opportunity to attack your teeth while you're asleep. And when you breathe through your mouth, it reduces the saliva. So your saliva already reduces when you sleep, but when you're a mouth breather, it dries out all those tissues. So now you don't even have the saliva protecting your teeth when you sleep. Plaque loves to hide between the teeth where your toothbrush can't reach, which is why flossing and water flossing is really important. So flossing can get the contact between your teeth and about two millimeters below your gum line. But water flosser has actually been proven to get five or six millimeters below the gum line. So I'm a huge fan of a water flosser because it helps reduce the number of bacteria in your mouth. It disrupts that bacteria and it attacks where you can't get with a brush and floss. So that's why we recommend doing that once a day. Oral health is more than just about brushing and flossing and visiting your dentist. These are just pieces of the puzzle, but there's also diet, pH, water, oxygen, sleep, breathing. All of these things we must consider when we're talking about being healthy. When your child can't sleep, they can't breathe. And this is affecting not only the health of their mouth, their teeth, and their gums. It's affecting their airway and their overall body. So people say, oh, don't children look really cute when they're sleeping? Unfortunately, some children don't enjoy a good level of sleep because they can't breathe and our body compensates. Pediatric sleep disordered breathing actually steals your child's ability to have peaceful dreams and they're always in a fight for breathing and oxygen. This fight can leave them exhausted during the day with little energy left for learning and playing. And long-term, being in fight or flight, which is what happens when they're not sleeping and not going through the stages of sleep, can cause major disruptions in their growth, development, and future health. Fortunately, sleep breathing disorders are treatable and preventable. Unfortunately, they also mimic the same signs as ADHD. So there are treatment options that you can give your children to help them rest and grow and have a great childhood. But first we need to look, do they have sleep breathing disorders? And it's something that you can do just by taking a video of your kids at night. Are they sleeping peacefully with their lips together? Or are they gasping for air, sleeping with their mouth open, sleeping with their butt up in the air, tossing and turning? All of these things are your body's way of trying to get more oxygen so they can function better. So we're going to talk about more of this later and the severity and the disruption can range from cute to snoring, teeth grinding, and life-threatening stopping of breathing. Doesn't happen often in children as far as stopping breathing, but it can happen. There are different types of sleep breathing disorders. All types of pediatric sleep breathing disorders interfere with your child's ability to breathe and being able to get oxygen to the brain and sometimes 18% less oxygen to the brain when they're sleeping. And you can see why this would affect them when they're awake. They can't tell you that they're oxygen deprived or lack sleep. They just act out with behavior. So it's important to know that we need to talk about these things with your dentist or your physician. There's also central sleep apnea that's called CSA. And it occurs when the brain is supposed to control breathing, but it can't because it doesn't work properly. It's common among infants, especially premature infants whose brains are not fully formed yet. Brain injuries can happen when you're not getting enough oxygen to the brain early in life. There's also obstructive sleep disordered breathing. That's OSDB. And most children have what's known as obstructive sleep breathing disorder. Something is obstructing their breathing and they're not able to get enough oxygen. It might be hard to breathe. It might even be impossible to breathe. So what causes a blocked airway for these kids? It can be their tongue position and can be tethered tissues where their tongue is tied and they can't get their tongue out of the airway. It can be enlarged tonsils or adenoids. It can be fat depositing in their neck. It can be allergies or asthma. Doctors and dentists need to talk more about obstructive sleep disordered breathing earlier before it turns into obstructive sleep apnea. And this can be dangerous because that's when breathing stops. 
However, we need to emphasize on these conditions and we need to look at these before they get severe. So we need to look at snoring, clenching, grinding, upper airway resistance syndrome, which is called URs, obstructive sleep apnea. All of these things are things that are conditions that create low oxygen and high carbon dioxide levels in the body and in the brain. And these things are something that we can look for and treat early. Diagnosing and treating pediatric sleep disorders are really important. And parents and caregivers are the ones that need to look for these symptoms. Snoring, bedwetting, sleep terrors, poor performance in school, lack of concentration, low energy, learning challenges, behavioral challenges, failure to grow, unhealthy weight, either not enough or too much, or hyperactivity that also include being diagnosed with ADHD. With sleep apnea among adults, it's really something that can affect them and they might need a CPAP machine. CPAP machines actually force oxygen up the nose, but if you can't breathe through your nose, that's not going to be very helpful. So sometimes a sleep study or a polysomnography, also abbreviated as PSG, is something that you can use to diagnose your child. But sometimes when they have these sleep studies, it goes unnoticed and they say that your child is fine because they're not stopping breathing. They're just maybe tossing and turning and they're not waking up either, but it's still disrupting their sleep cycle. So how do you know if your child would benefit from talking to a doctor or a dentist about a sleep study? ASAP is Airway Sleep for Children, and they actually have a quiz that's in the link below. So they have one that says, is your child at risk, which is why I labeled this, is your child at risk? I took a lot about what I'm talking about from their website. Your child can be diagnosed with these, and then they might need a collaboration with a myofunctional therapist, with an orthodontist, with a dentist who can do early orthopliances, oral appliances with medication with a CPAP machine, and sometimes it requires surgery. So while these are common conditions, they are not normal. And treating pediatric sleep disorder breathing, they might need to have surgery like adenoids or tonsils removed. They might need a pediatric CPAP machine. They might need an oral appliance, myofunctional therapy to help retrain the muscles and the brain. They might need orthodontics or orthopedics or orthotropics. And there are different doctors that are going to tell you about that. So surgery is going to be something like adenoids and tonsils like we talked about. And all of these things are going to be important. Myofunctional therapy uses exercises to help establish your child's positive habits and use their tongue muscles and neck muscles correctly. Repeated muscle actions can reshape their airway over time and can help them with pediatric sleep apnea. But it may be a multidisciplinary approach where they need to collaborate with other dentists in order for their jaws to function and grow and develop properly. So this is why it's really important to recognize and respond to these serious airway issues. Whether you're a parent or a caregiver, you can work to help your child keep a close eye on them and look for these signs and symptoms. Just taking a quick peek when they're sleeping to make sure will help you. Are they under their blankets? Are there pillows on the floor? Are they sleeping upside down? You should see the photos that some of the parents send me of how their kids are sleeping just to be able to get air, even with some of the appliances in their mouth. So again, learning and looking for these sooner can help your child from developing serious problems later. We need to be vigilant. We need to look at these because these sleep disorders can be deadly for our kids. And they're starting to think that SIDS is actually a sleep disordered breathing that affects the airway when our kids are sleeping. So we need to make sure our kids are getting good sleep. It's the foundation for being able to grow up healthy and stay out of fight or flight and rest and restore. Because when we rest and we're in REM sleep, that's when we store our memories. And you can see why Alzheimer's might be a problem if you're not sleeping. 
So you guys are in the best position to help your kids in order to be able to sleep and breathe better and prevent these dental diseases that happen in the mouth like cavities and gum disease. Don't wait to get help. If your child is suffering from any of these things, they are all are pieces of the puzzle that we need to address and solve. The sooner you get your child treatment, the sooner we can help them grow to their full ability. There's a narrow window of opportunity to reverse cavities and gum disease and airway issues without them costing much money and being invasive. Once they progress to later stages, we won't be able to reverse these conditions and we might only be able to manage symptoms. Or again, treatments might be invasive, costly, and time-consuming. So the best time to look at your child's breathing is now, starting today with what you are looking for. So we need to get to these treatments sooner. You can contact me in the link below or you can contact the ASAP Pathway of Dentists. I put that in here. It's in the link. They have dentists. You can also contact Airway Circle. They have other myofunctional therapists, speech therapists, and dentists that are in this airway field. So you might need an airway ENT, an airway dentist that not only look at just taking out adenoids or straightening teeth, but actually look at making sure your child can breathe. They have enough room for their tongue. Their arch is widened. So that way we can address the airway issues that are going to affect our kids and affect the chronic diseases that adults are suffering with now. If we look at, are you at risk? Are your child at risk? Because a lot of these things are genetic, but then a lot of them are epigenetic as to what is happening with the habits. And we can control these if we get to them sooner. So if you're an adult that's having these problems, if you had a tongue tie, your child is more than likely going to have these issues. So I hope this was helpful. If it is, please share it because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a happy, healthy life. And the more that we can get this information out there, the more people that we can help and the more that we can stop the risk that's causing chronic illnesses as we grow and mature. There are many things your child is at risk for. As far as the mouth goes, it can include cavities, gum disease, gingivitis, bedwetting, sleep disorder, breathing, sleep apnea, ADHD. Our healthcare system treats symptoms. They don't always look for the root cause. Be your family's advocate. Look for these signs. Ask better questions. When we know better, we can do better. I wish I had known these things when my daughter was little. Maybe sharing my journey can help others save time, money, and heartache. Watching your child go through something that was preventable if I had only known. So if this was helpful, please like, subscribe, share, whatever it takes to get this word out that there are things that you can look for in your child and treat them earlier with intervening before they become a problem and show signs and symptoms. So some of these symptoms are very subtle. You might not always see them. Like I said, I had no idea that the wetting the bed and the years of trying to fight that had to do with her mouth breathing. ADHD. Of course, she was going to exhibit symptoms of ADHD because she was not sleeping and she was cranky. And when I went to the doctor, I said she only acts this way when she's tired. So she's got to not be sleeping, but it looked like she was sleeping. She passed the sleep study. There was nothing wrong. So at some point you start thinking you're crazy because the doctors are telling you she's got ADHD. And I just didn't think that she did. I'm not saying that kids don't have ADHD and it's all sleep breathing disorder. I'm not. And you know, she does have certain signs. Yes. But once we handled the breathing issue, the bedwetting stopped after years of doing all kinds of things of her not wanting to go to sleepovers. I mean, it affected her. So having to watch this and being helpless or feeling like you're helpless as a parent is hard as well. 
Not to mention the fact that the doctors think you're crazy when you're saying you're not going to put them on ADHD medications because you don't believe that that's what it is. So as a parent, stick with your gut. You know, you know your kids better than anyone else. And just follow your instincts when it comes to your family and your kids. Like I said, hope this was helpful. And as always, thanks for listening and have a great day. Thank you for listening today. If something you heard made you smile, made you think, empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure you share this with a friend. Write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook page, Dental Hygiene 411, or hit the link in the show notes to join a conversation. Until next time, breathe through your nose and share a smile. After all, they're contagious.